This is episode 28, a dual episode with me and Matt from Carolina Coops, and we're going to be talking about installing a chicken coop today on Cultivating Guts. Hello, it's Tiffany, and welcome back to Cultivating Guts, a podcast where we discuss gardening, homesteading, gut health, and following our intuition. I am super excited to be back with you this week. I have had so many insightful moments. We've been doing all things chickens, and today's episode is just perfect on that same topic of chickens in your suburban backyard. So I am super excited, like I said, to be sharing with you today on the podcast. And today I'm also simultaneously video recording this. So you'll be able to see me and Matt live in video if you check us out on Spotify or our my YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash Tiffany Hinton. And you can tune in there. And if you are on YouTube, Hello, hello. We are eye gazing right now, and I'm super excited to see you and for you to join the conversation. Grab your coffee, my new coffee mug. This little Etsy find is all a chicken mug, as you can tell. But yeah, grab your coffee and join us today for the chat around setting up a chicken coop in your backyard, whether it's in the suburbs, the city limits, or you have a tiny farm. We are going to be talking about that, and it's super, super fun. So the other thing we're going to talk about is the brand new chicken coop that Matt and Carolina Coops installed at the Mendocino Mendocino County Jail in California. And um, I watched that video. I cried for my own reasons. We'll get into that on the podcast. We're also going to talk about uh, setting up the chicken coop because right now our chicken coop is sitting on a pallet wrapped in plastic in my driveway. That's how it came off the semi yesterday. So Super excited to be able to talk to Matt this morning and then this afternoon, late morning, dive into starting to assemble our chicken coop. So follow all of that on our Instagram channel. There'll be video and reels and stories and so much more. And uh, before we get started, I want to make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Cultivating Guts podcast. There's a couple reasons you want to subscribe. One is if you subscribe to YouTube, you'll get notifications anytime we put out a video. It could be a podcast video or it could be another fun video of information, education, or a webinar we recorded. If you subscribe on Spotify, you'll get notifications anytime a new episode drops as well. And you can help others by rating and reviewing a podcast and helping more people be able to search it and find it. So if you decide to do that and do us that favor today of rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the Cultivating Podcast on your favorite outlet, Go ahead and send me a screenshot of your review to Tiffany at gfmomcertified.com. We will send you our free four-day hacking your health gut detox plan. And if you are listening to this and you find a favorite part, screenshot your favorite part, post it on Instagram on a story and tag us at gfmomcertified or at cultivating guts. I love reposting. I'm super excited to hear what you thought of today's episode. And if you learned anything, like let us know, like what was that eye-opening moment that aha Um, or that, oh shit, I had no idea moment, right? Um, Super grateful for you to be here today and for all the listeners for helping us grow the podcast and share it with more people. And before we head into the show, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Non-Disclosure Apparel, and it is my go-to everyday bra like we've been talking about on the podcast. Super excited when I met Becky a little over a year ago and found their brand new Ellie Bralettes. Actually, I'm wearing one today. Uh, not only because it has nipple coverage, but also because it has no wiring. It is super, super comfortable. It's not compressing like a sports bra would be. And I can wear it under t-shirts, no issues, no nipples. And people that are listening to the podcast are probably like, what, Tiffany? Honestly, yeah, my girls wear them. Uh, Our photographer now has one and it is becoming this thing. And so if you do not yet have yourself an Ellie Bralette, not only is it a female-owned company designed and made in the USA, right here in the US, uh, it is a company that, and and if you go back to one of our earlier podcasts, you're going to hear Becky, but it is, Becky designed this company for her own need and to benefit other women and other little girls who were having embarrassing moments because their nipples were showing through their t-shirts or showing through their dresses. So Definitely, I am super excited to have Non-Disclosure Apparel as a podcast sponsor for my own reasons, but also so we can help more young girls and women and just people that are, maybe you're doing yoga, you're doing farm chores, you're doing whatever, you're working from home. It's your everyday go-to bra. And we have a very special discount for our community only. 
And that code is GFMOM15. That saves you 15% off your total purchase. And then if you order two Ellie bralettes, you will also receive free shipping. So we'll put all those details in the show notes, but definitely check out the Ellie Bralette by Non-Disclosure Apparel. All right, welcome to Cultivating Guts. Super excited, like I mentioned in the intro. We've got Matt here from Carolina Coops, and the story behind Carolina Coops, I'll let Matt go into a little bit on his own, but I found them on Instagram over the winter, so about six, seven months ago, because I was exploring the idea of adding chickens to our suburban backyard And we had already kind of decided we were building the greenhouse, which many of you that listen to the podcast have kind of seen that come to life over Instagram. And then I was like, well, maybe we build a chicken coop. And then I was like, no, with the price of lumber, we're not building a chicken coop. We just bought all this lumber for the greenhouse. And um, my dad is a part-time like mechanic craftsman farmer. And he was like, I'm only building one. (laughs) So you pick. And so I was like, all right, dad, we're going to build a greenhouse. I'm going to order us a chicken coop. And then I found Carolina Coops and... One afternoon, I, it was snowing in Chicago, and me and Lily were looking at chickens, and we were talking about eggs. And she had had the girls had had the opportunity to have chickens as well at, at Montessori school. So my kids went to Montessori school for the last seven years, and the Montessori raised chickens and sold chickens as eggs as fundraisers. And so they've been around it, and they're like, "Yeah, mom, we can do it at home. No big deal. We got this." And so and they started. And so then we saw the different coops and we were like, well, maybe a California coop, maybe an American coop. But we decided to do the American coop because it's a little larger and we're on an acre. So we could always expand if we wanted to. And then now my oldest is like, next year we need ducks and we need to order a duck attachment. So I'm like, no promises yet. So that's kind of the story about how I kind of slowly found Carolina coops. But um, I want you, uh, Matt, to dive into kind of a little bit of how did you come up with the business? Where did it come from? I know you have like this love of woodworking and they're beautiful coops, but how did it develop? Well, so good morning, Tiffany. Thank you for having me on. Uh, thank you for being a customer and uh, thank you for letting me know how you found us and, and what made you choose us. Uh, well, as far as you know, and what coop you chose, because that's actually very important information. Um, and you are in the Chicago area? Yeah, we're 35 oh. miles from Chicago and about 35 miles from Wisconsin. So I'm like, okay. Um, so, well, I have a very important question Bears or Packers? Bears. Okay, very good. Go Bears. Okay, good. Just want to make sure we got that out of the way. Um, we so we have lost some listeners, but yeah. <laughs> I uh, yes, I, I often tease my customers if they call me and they're from the Green Bay, Wisconsin area. I'm like, well, we might have an issue, or I'll tell people I have the uh, Go Bears discount for the Chicago area, which is not true. Which is not true, but it's just to kind of help people, you know, break the ice sometimes in conversations. Anyway, so yeah, thank you for having me on. And how did it get started? I tell you, I get that question a lot. And I do love that question because I think it's important for people to hear the story because I think there's a lot of people that can relate. Um, One of my passions right now after owning a business for 14 years is entrepreneurship and actually helping people start their own business. And I think a lot of that conversation starts with people either know whether they're an entrepreneur or not. And what I'm getting at is I've always known, even since I was a kid, I was going to own my own business. I just had no idea what it was going to be. You just, a true entrepreneur, you you feel it. It's like a disease, if, if you will. And you just, you're that bird that cannot be caged. And timing is everything. And I had to wait for timing. But where it all started for me was actually, uh, you know, you mentioned your kids hatching eggs in schools. And we actually do a lot of classes with schools because I feel it's so important because it changed my life. It started for me in fifth grade. I was... I felt like a horrible student, I should say. Uh, I, I didn't realize back then, but now as a parent, uh, you know, an, an, an adult looking back, I realize school isn't for everyone the way it is set up currently. I was one of those kids that just, I could not sit at a desk and learn yeah. from a book. And I would watch all my classmates seem like they would excel. So inside, I'm like, God, there's something wrong with me, whatever. I'm just going to hopefully this nightmare will end one day. Well, anyway, so in fifth grade was probably the hardest year I've ever had in school and the the worst teacher I ever had. Well, come spring, she walks in with this box and she pulls out this styrofoam container and this carton of eggs. And I just was like drawn to it like a magnet. I was like, what in the world is this? And she started to explain, we're going to hatch baby chicks. And I don't know what it was. It just 
sparked something inside where I became obsessed with it. And it was 21 days of hatching. And every day I was like checking the temperature, checking humidity. And it was like probably week two. I went up to the teacher in the morning. I was like, it's off a, a one degree or something like that. And I'll never forget the teacher looking down at me. She goes, Matt, it's okay. Relax. And, the, and she's looking at me and she, and she stopped and she goes, where did you just come from? And I realized what happened was I, I was starting to learn. I was starting to be active in, in the classroom, this and that, whatever. So I fell mm -hmm. in love with it. So after we hatched the baby chicks, and again, that's a miracle, especially when you're a kid. It's just amazing to see this in your classroom. Uh, Friday came around, and I think we had about probably about two dozen baby chicks. And the teacher was going to hand pick which students were going to be able to take baby chicks home for the weekend. And of course, I'm like, pick me, pick me, pick me. And she picked, I want to say six of us, if I remember correctly maybe four of us. And I was the last one to get picked. And when I was picked, my classmates, not all of them, but maybe there's three or four of them. There's one I can remember very specifically. Uh, they're like, oh, no, not Matt. You know, he's oh, no. going to kill those baby chicks, you know, da, 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 da. So, uh, I mean, as a kid, I mean, that hurt. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But at the same time, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm like, yes. All right. So I bring the baby chicks home over the weekend and just had the best time. My father was madder than hell. He's like, oh, God, there's some more animals. Matt's bringing home. <laughs> and I'll never forget taking my walkie talkie. I had this toy set walkie talkie. I'd paint the or I would tape the button shut, put it inside the box. And no matter where I, I went around my house, I could hear the baby chicks. And I was just obsessed over it. Well, come back Monday. I am the only student that brought back all their baby chicks alive. <gasps> oh my Period. gosh. End of story. I'll never forget it. And it was at that moment, I felt good. I felt like I accomplished something because I was so hands-on. I was so involved. I didn't know why. What did I do differently? But I just, I knew it and I felt it. And I've always said when I get older, I want to have chickens. I never really wanted to have a full-on farm or, you know, factory farm or anything like that. I just was always yeah. like, I want to do like what Charlotte's Web, that story painted in my mind. So um, fast forward to 2008, I wanted to get out of New York State. I can't stand New York State. I don't like the taxes. I don't like the weather, the politics, everything. I just do not like New York State. And so I'm another transplant down to North Carolina where half the people here are transplants. The other half, they hate us, but, you know, I get it. Um, so we bought our first house in Durham and we had half an acre. We're in the city of Durham. And I remember telling my girlfriend, I was like, listen, we're going to go get chickens. And she's like, are you out of your mind? I said, probably, but I don't care. I'm going to do it. It's something I've always wanted to do. So I went and got a couple chickens, did some research. And also at the time, 2008, if we remember, there's a recession. And I also was learning about the good old boy club down in the South where they do not like us Yankees coming down. So it was a big struggle. I transferred with a company I called Ecolab or I worked for it called Ecolab. And it was a struggle. So I ended up having to get materials out of a dumpster in order to build my chicken because mm. I wanted for these chickens. And I got lucky. You know, I started to realize treasure hunting was a lot of fun. And I built my first coop and it was beautiful. And I had my two chickens and I had my first egg. I'll never forget that. When I tell everyone, you're always going to remember your first egg, right? Um, I'll never forget my first egg. It was so good. It was so satisfying um, seeing it come around full circle. And that's when I was first diagnosed with chicken math. And I was like, I got to go get more chickens. So I ended up getting more materials, building a much bigger ch chicken coop. And I was like, okay, it's time to go get more chickens. And what am I going to do with this little chicken coop? And that's also when I was learning about Craigslist. And Craigslist, uh, I, I put the chicken coop up on Craigslist. And I'll never forget sitting there going, this is kind of embarrassing. Who's going to buy this little two by four box? But it was built really well. I've always done construction. I was always building stuff growing up. And it sold in like an hour for, I want to say it was, 120 or 220 bucks. And oh back then that was like winning the lotto. Cause again, I'm poor. We're barely able to keep the electric on. I just, I find out I have a baby boy on the way. And I was just like, Holy cow. So I left the post up just to see what was happening. Cause I had no idea. I'll never forget when the lady came out and bought that coop. And I even said, to her, I said, you sure you want this? You know, and she goes, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me, Matt? Um, there's gonna be a lot of people that are going to want chicken coops. I was like, really? I'm not the only one that has chickens in the city. She goes, no. I was like, wow. So I left the post up and I kept getting calls and I was like, I'm sorry, I sold it. And, you know, and I had this one lady call and I told her, I'm sorry, I sold it. She goes, well, that's okay. I'm looking for a bigger one. I said, well, let me send you pictures of the coop I'm building right now. And if you like it, I'll sell it to you. Send her the pictures, sold it for $2,000. 
Oh, wow. I was like, what in the world did I just discover here? And after that, I couldn't tell you. That was 14 years ago. Couldn't tell you my next coup. And that's really, I know it's kind of a long story, but there's bits and pieces I think are important. I want it's people to so realize um, good things come from hardships. You know, again, the recession, moving, uh, that's when you realize something good could be uh, being created. Yeah, I can still relate. So I was 2007 diagnosed with celiac. That's how we originally went gluten-free and um, put out a little 60 recipe cookbook on Amazon, primarily for myself and my friend, right? I was like, yeah, we'll just have them print it. It'll be easy. 10,000 copies later. I'm like, what is this? So um, decade later, we're not really doing gluten-free stuff as much anymore. And we've shifted into homesteading just because that's the way the trend is going. And that's the way my life is going with my kids. But definitely can relate to the whole like, what what's happening? Why do people want everything? Um, so yeah. Oh my gosh. That is, that is amazing. So from so many pieces there for sure. And now Carolina Coops is mainstream and chicken farming yeah. is the, the new trendy thing, at least in the Chicago area, whether you're in the city or the burbs and my neighbors are already talking about like, well, we got to get chicken. What was the ordinances? Cause I spent hours reading city ordinances just to make sure yeah. we were compliant. Um, but so talk a little bit about now, because now you've kind of got this plan, right? I mean, our chicken coop came kind of like prefab and now we put it together. How does that? Well, so, okay. So here's what happens. I remember we started building a coop a week and that was nice, but we were still, you know, you, you hear the term paycheck to paycheck. We were cooped. Yeah, up. Yeah. And I loved it because it was a gamble. It was a fight. Um, I just, I, I love that chase. My girlfriend who, you know, 26 years now, my CFO, mother, my children, um, she hated it and I don't blame her. She had the hardest job. She's the mom and she had to make sure the bills got paid. I didn't have to focus that on thank God. So I was able to focus on the, on the product and, and whatnot. And I started to get calls from people out of state. And I'll never forget getting a call from a gentleman in Louisiana. It was about a month before Christmas. And he said, I'd really would love your clubhouse coop, which is a, a smaller coop we were building at the time. And I was like, okay. And I, I was also forced. And here's another thing I realized I had to say yes mm -hmm. to survive. And there were many times I had to say yes to what the customer wanted because I had to get paid. And, but I would get off that call and I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? But I started to realize I have to force it to happen. And I'll never forget agreeing. I said, I'll have this shipped to you. I don't know how, but I'm going to ship it to you. And that's where I had to force myself to figure out how to panelize these structures that I built from scratch from the ground up. And I remember saying, if I could figure out how to panelize it, I will, I'll make it. Mm -hmm. I'll make it. And what I meant by make it is I didn't, wasn't trying to be a millionaire, billionaire, anything like that. I wanted the freedom. I wanted that sense of entrepreneurship, that thing that I knew I had inside me. So I figured it out and it was, I mean, now looking back, it's like, Matt, what took you so long to figure these things out? Uh, <laughs> but we figured it out and I'll never forget stacking it on the pallet and panels. Cause you gotta think it's one thing that you gotta build it so it can be taken apart. You gotta build it so it can be packed. And then you gotta build it so that the customer can put it together. So that was, I'll never forget my first coop doing that. And, and it worked. And I said, I got this. I learned so much from that. And I just kept figuring out how to make them in knockdown form. So next thing you know, we're shipping coops all around the country. And then the next thing you know, I'm getting calls from overseas and we're able to ship them overseas. And then I been on this mission, wanting to make sure people knew if you're thinking about getting the backyard chickens, it's all about the coop. And there is no such thing as a cheap chicken coop. And there was many people would call and go, Matt, gosh, your coops are so expensive. And I would try to explain to them. I said, no, you're just so used to a cheap coop that isn't a coop. It's a coffin. Okay. I need to explain to you. Those are wrong. Uh, chi these Chinese coops coming in, or you see these coops on Wayfair or whatever. They're misleading you. I'm yeah. an animal lover. I am a chicken lover. Here's if you want to be successful, you got to have the right size coop. And then, you know, and there's three other things I often refer to after that. Um, I wanted the best coop for the best price. And, you know, maybe, gosh, I'm going to say five years ago is when we came out with the American coop. And I wanted to take the best parts of our Carolina coop, which became very popular, but it was very mm -hmm. expensive. And I'll never forget many nights sitting there 
drinking my beers or whatever in front of a computer, my design program, figuring out how can I make this coupe more affordable? So I went back to the drawing board, came up with the American coupe concept, and I'll never forget looking at it going, it's not the prettiest looking thing. Cause I was always big on looks. I want it to uh, yeah. look good, but the, the size was there, the quality, the function, everything was there. And I said, you know what? The biggest mistake I can make right now is thinking what I think. And that is, it doesn't look good. Don't send it out to the public. See what they say. I said, no, let's do it. And we didn't thank God we did because it's, it's our number one seller oh, and people okay. do love it. And now I love seeing, uh, when people d uh, do their extra effects, whether it's their painting or maybe their, their chicken paraphernalia, they decorate it with it. It's just, it turned out to be the most amazing chicken coop out there. So what that has done is allowed us to be able to offer in the world of backyard chickens everything from chicken advice, to offering chickens to all different coops, whether it's mass production or our custom coops. You know, we're just trying to cover everything. So we offer something for everyone. And it has definitely helped us grow into what we are today. I love it. And it's interesting that to hear you say like the, the American coop wasn't as pretty as the Carolina coop like the original one. And I will say like, we looked at both and where we're at in the suburbs, just to give you like a visual, we live in like a Brady Bunch neighborhood. It, the houses mm -hmm. on our street look like they were from the Brady Bunch TV show still like those split levels. And so I was like, I can't really put a traditional barn looking coop in my backyard. My neighbors are going to think we're crazy. They already do because <laughs> we have 450 <laughs> square feet of gardening, um, raised beds. So um, I was like, so we got to go something not as traditional barn looking, but yeah. So I guess different hmm. aesthetics for different areas. Um, yeah, well, people love it. And then that's a, that's an interesting, interesting point that you made is that you don't want to look too farmy or traditional, which is definitely the Carolina where the American does bring a modern, if you will. I hope that's the right yeah, word. I'm yeah, not a design so. expert, but yeah. that's, but I'm glad that helps fit what you needed. Yeah, that is so cool. All right. So I definitely want to jump to Mendocino County. But before we do that, what are your top three tips for unpackaging and putting the cube? Like, what are the three things? Because that's part of my afternoon project is to unwrap the plastic from the cube. Top three tips. Well, before I get into that, and I don't know how much time we have, but I do want to um, let you know that I, and I hope with your permission, because you did such a good job on it. And I appreciate your Instagram. Um, I screen recorded your delivery <laughs> because we've been, we, we, we are, we're very busy and we're behind on a lot of things. And I want to be able to continue helping people understand what is involved with buying a chicken coop. And I, I hear it all the time. Like Matt, how in the world is a six by 18 structure going to come to me on this pallet? But it does. And mm -hmm. I am never there to oh, film it, it coming off the back of the truck. I can so text I, you the I, real video. You don't have to screen scream, but if you don't want to. Well, I would love that because the video yeah. you took is spot on perfect where that's how it's supposed to be. The truck shows up, has the lift gate with the pallet jack underneath. No one needs to be on the lift gate and it just, you know, lowers down like, you know, um, and then you just wheel it right yeah. to where you need to go. And I wanted people to see that because. A lot of people have a hard time understanding how is this coop going to get to me? And it's really not complicated, but it, it no. can be depending on where you live. But overall, 99% of the time, it, it, it goes perfectly well. So I thank you for yeah. taking the videos that, yeah, if we could get the raw footage, yeah, Ingrid, our marketing director that. would absolutely love um, that. It's uh, funny because I have a tradition of we just have the Home Depot semis during, like with the greenhouse and the other things that we've done to, to build our like suburban farm. The semis show up all the time and our neighbors are always like, what is getting delivered today? And sometimes I'm like, it's like a hundred packages of mulch <laughs> on a pallet. <laughs> and they also come and say, do you have extra pallets? Cause they just kind of show up now. Um, yeah. So the top three tips, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best just to pick the top three. Cause I have so many tips and I think it's very important for you. Oh, I knew it. I told myself, I told myself silence. My I got so much going on this morning as usual. Sorry about that. That's so the right. top three tips for putting your chicken coop together. And I have several top tips, but the top three, number one, without a doubt, this is any coop. You got to make sure where you're going to put your coop is level and 
on the same plane, that it's going to be level in all four corners because these are big coops. And I want to emphasize what you're about to put together is a, it's a piece of functional furniture and it's a 3D puzzle. And we have spent a lot of time perfecting our design to eliminate the need for a tape measure. Oh, you know, we need to That's make awesome. it so anyone can put these coops together. I didn't want yeah. people to go, oh my gosh, Matt, I am not a woodworker. I get that sometimes. Yeah. I want people to be able to get out of their comfort zone. Trust us. Trust that you're going to be able to put this amazing coop together. And if you have questions, call us. We're always here, as you can tell, um, for tech support or build support, whatever. So you got to start, and this is true with any structure, you got to make sure you're on a flat level plane because you are putting together a 3D puzzle. You don't want to put even a 2D puzzle. Try picturing putting together a 2D puzzle on a beach ball. It's not going to work. That's what's going to happen if your ground's not flat and level. So what we've done with the coops is you have what we call index points. You got to trust our index points and make sure when you're following your manual, Everything does have to be exact. There's very, very little wiggle room because if you start to get a little sloppy, it's going to domino effect. But when people are disciplined and when I say flush means flush, you've got to make sure it's flush, especially when it gets to your roofing system. Um, it will go together. Try to think about if puzzle pieces weren't cut perfectly, they're not going to yeah. fit together well and you're going to go nuts. It's the same thing with the coop. So Starting with a flat level surface, flat level ground helps those pieces of the puzzle fit together perfectly. Um, the, the second tip is going to be, please don't skip a step in the instructions. I have noticed, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm bad at picking on people, but I, I mean, it, it, there's a point to it. I have noticed that over the years, I will find my engineers, if you will. That know everything, so smart. They get to oh, sit yeah. at a my desk. My husband's an engineer, and he's like, "This is not going to be done in four days." And I'm like, "Yes, it is." And he's like, "No, it's going to." Oh, be- it, it it can be. So here's what happens: um, a lot of engineers they overthink it and they start to skip steps, and it causes problems. Don't skip a step. The people that I think have the best results putting their coops together are the ones that really never built. So you're really forced to follow those instructions. But trust me when I say use the index points. Um, there's notches, there's cuts. Everything has been set up so that if you put it referencing off of an edge of a board, mm-hmm. it'll th- help you for the next step. Okay. When you start putting your coop together, you'll understand that. Now, there is slight wiggle room, but I even I even hate to say that because I don't want people to think, right, especially they at the beginning, that, that there's wiggle room. Flexibility, yeah. Right. So follow the instructions step by step um, and you'll, you'll, you'll be good. And, and number three, this is going to sound corny, but this is true. Try not to stress over it. Have some fun. Don't be in a hurry. Okay. This is a chicken coop. This is meant to be fun. Yeah. This is meant to be the home for an animal that is going to be your pet, but it's also going to provide you breakfast. It's going to give you back so many things that you just never knew chickens could do. Have some fun with it. Relax. And things will go a lot smoother. Where I have found people, they get under these hard deadlines or they hire a builder to put it together. Good, true builders love our product because they get it. When you get a builder that's one of these, you know, they come in pounding their chest. They tell you they know everything. They're the worst. They screw things up. They get cocky. They get arrogant. Um, and then they, then it's like, well, I'm under a timeline, this and that. No, I mean, come on. Um, and I get those are real situations, but I want people to realize, give yourself time to do it. This is not a piece of Ikea furniture. This is yeah. a piece of fine furniture that is functional and you just got to follow those steps step by step and you will be successful. So don't be in a hurry, have fun with it. Don't stress out over timelines because hopefully you don't have one. I love it. We don't have a timeline. Um, Our chicks came yesterday. We have 10 weeks to be honest before they need to go anywhere and they're living in the greenhouse because that's where the brooder is. Um, So we have outside cats. Uh, So in order for the cats not to get to, and we have inside cats and this rabbit and anyways, they're in the greenhouse in the brooder. And so um, 
yeah, we've got plenty of time and I've got kids that need to learn construction because that's part of life skills. Thank so. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That is, you know, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, the word trends and people have come up to me, man, aren't you worried this is a trend? Because I mean, I'm all in. I bet my entire life, the sacrifice my family has gone through for this, this idea, this concept. And, you know, everything eventually is a trend. Everything eventually does change and die out. But history always repeats itself. And I think what you're doing, what we are doing, what so many people are doing to help get the word out there through podcasts or YouTube, whatever it is, because I know there's a lot of people on the fence and that we have become a society of followers. We, we're so scared to upset the other person or to, to get, you know, we always get, think outside the box. Why not step outside the box? Why not actually no. do it? And you see with cities, they they fight you on things, and you got some other cities around the country where they push it. They love it, and history is repeating itself. Uh, we're we're doing what our great grandparents and our grandparents um, used to do, and because we got away from that is why I feel you know I know it's a whole other story why we have the problems we have today. Oh yeah, but it's so important for many reasons for our health and our minds to get out there, get our hands dirty and get the kids out there um, putting scoops together. So I love that you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Um, I was raised by my grandmother, which is another whole story that we don't have to dive into, but she was born in the depression. So a lot of those life skills that I learned were things she learned as a kid when the country was a little different. And so I'm trying to allow my children to know that whether it's a recession or not, we can learn how to do this stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. So I want to dive in to the Mendocino, Mendocino, I can't even say the word right now. Mendocino. Yeah. It's a tough, Mendocino. Yeah. It took me, it took me a little bit. Mendocino. Yeah. Mendocino County jail build. And I'm going to share a little bit of my story. Some of the listeners know this. Some of them are probably going to be like, what? Um, if they haven't followed me for very long. But as a child, when I was 10 years old, my dad robbed a bank with a gun and ended up going to federal prison. And that is kind of my triggering point for my own autoimmune condition. So everybody that has autoimmune in the functional medicine world, there's an emotional thing or a traumatic experience that triggers the genes to turn on. Mine was that because not only did he end up in jail for 11 years, um, then we had the, you had to go and visit and that was its own stressor. And my mom had kind of a depression for a while. And so I became the parent for my siblings and it was a big thing. But when I saw the video and I first caught it on Instagram, I have a really bad habit of watching Instagram before I go to bed at night, even though you're not supposed to be on your phone. <laughs> that is just my own habit. I saw the video and I started watching it and then I watched part of the YouTube video and then I started crying. But what really hit me was it was relatable to me because I could see what those guys had been through through my father. But I could also understand that at the time when I was in high school, my dad, in the he was in a medium facility of a federal prison. He petitioned to be able to have a garden in the grounds. Wow. Um, and the only reason he really got the garden is because he was part of the, um, what do I call it? Like the religious group. So he was leading song and choir for part of the church on Sundays in the prison. And they said, okay, if the garden is part of, you know, the religious, mental, spiritual, like well-being, then yes. And so he ended up the last five years that he was in prison having a garden and then teaching men how to garden, raise tomatoes and peppers and different things. And then they would make like pico de gallo and stuff um, in prison. So when I saw the video, I was like, oh my gosh, this takes what they were doing to a whole nother level. But I also kind of know through just general information and social media, like the Mendocino County Jail already, that sheriff does a lot of things a little different than the rest of the country, which I find is really cool to not have people have syndromes where they just become repeat offenders because they feel safer behind the walls than they do in outside. So I want to know, Matt, like, how did you guys get connected and how did that project like get brought to life? Um, so... I was contacted by a nonprofit called Unconditional Freedom recently, maybe about four or five months ago now. And they came to me and said, Matt, would you be willing to donate a coop to a jail? And I said, yes, I've been wanting to actually. I've been wanting for the past five years 
when I felt like our company was starting to turn a corner that I wanted to, you know, my father's always taught me give a little, get a lot, mm -hmm. always give back. And I watched my father always give, give, give. And I'm thankful that we are now in the position to be able to give. I think it's just so important. And, you know, we get to choose where we give and where we don't. Um, I too, actually, and I've never even talked about it, even on my video chicken, um, why this sit home for me and I kind of have a very similar experience to what you just talked about. Um, so I've, I've wanted to, for about five years ago, wanted to be able to go into the most challenging areas, if you will, mm -hmm. and try to help. Because that's the other thing I kind of realized as an entrepreneur, when you are creating a product, you're solving a problem. And I started to realize I'm a problem solver. I love solving problems. And of course, I want the hardest challenge that can be thrown at me. And it's like, why not be able to go somewhere where you are in the most uncomfortable position, where you can learn so much about yourself and, and potentially help other people because they're living that situation every single day. So I've always wanted to donate a, a coop to a, a jail and actually be a part of it. So when Unconditional Freedom called me and, and told me, so you would you be willing to donate a coop to a jail? I said, not only will I donate a coop to a jail, I will be there. I want to be there and help them put this together free of charge. I'm not going to ask for a penny. They said, you're kidding me. I said, no, I said, I've been wanting to do this. And then they started telling me about Sheriff Kendall mm -hmm. and I was blown away what they told me about Sheriff Kendall. Cause I said, that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. That just makes sense. I even more want to be a part of this. And we finally had our first Zoom meeting face-to-face -face with uh, Unconditional Freedom, Sheriff Kendall from Mendocino County Jail, and myself. And <laughs> it was funny how excited the sheriff was because I didn't know this until then that he's been watching our videos from day one oh, and, and wow. building his own coop based on our videos, which I tell people all the time, if you're not going to buy my coop, learn from us to build your own. Yeah. And he was, he even said, he goes, man, I was like a little girl, school girl. So excited to see you, <laughs> this and that. Uh, so I tell you, these moons and stars aligned incredibly behind the scenes. It was almost kind of freaky, but that's kind of how life is. Yeah. And I recognized how great this opportunity is going to be. So that's how it all started. And I tell you, again, there's so much that it was behind the scenes for me with what I've been going through personally, um, and especially when you mentioned autoimmune, I, I I don't know if we have time, but I would love to pick your brain a little bit. Oh. You mentioned something I've never heard. Okay. The doctors never told me. And I've always said, there's got to be a relation to something else. Anyways, so make sure we get back to that. Okay. Um, I needed so badly as much as these inmates needed to be outside gardening and putting the scoop together. Uh -huh. I needed it as well. And I was so thankful to spend the week out there with them. And it was probably one of the most emotional weeks I've ever had in a good way. And I learned so much and I'm so thankful for unconditional freedom uh, to take the time, the sacrifice these folks are doing to change these prisoners lives yeah. is incredible and they do such a good job capturing it on video and of course sheriff kendall he's one of those men that it's an honor to mm -hmm. meet and mm -hmm. he is he is so down to earth so unselfish with his time coming out there and, and sitting down with the inmates having lunch with them just being one of the guys and you could see the tears i mean they're in mm -hmm. jail we're surrounded yeah. by razor wire. We got to yep. be tough. And you start to see the tears and the emotion. I was like, this is working. This is amazing. And I was so thankful to be a part of it. That is awesome. So now like they've got their gardening, they've got their chickens, they've, mm -hmm. they've raising eggs. Yep. Um, yeah. I just, and so from, from the, the functional sense and, and like, it gives you, something to live for, something to care for. It gives you nutrition. It gives you, like you said, vitamin D, which kind of changes your chemicals in your brain and your happy juice. And yeah. it's just, there's so much there. And so I just, I love the story. Where can people that are listening find that video to watch? Well, I appreciate that. Um, Cause I did want to uh, plug them because Unconditional Freedom, they're yeah. a nonprofit. I lived with those people for a week sat and had dinner with those people. 
amazing, just amazing people. I can't say enough. So Unconditional Freedom, if you go to un- unconditionalfreedom.com, you can find them. They're they're big on Instagram. They're on Facebook. And of course, there's links at carolinacoops.com mm-hmm. where you can go under our prior media page. You'll see all those kinds of things. But you just do a quick search for Unconditional Freedom. Okay. Uh, you will definitely find that. And well worth the time to watch it. And they're actually coming out with another video of showing oh. their entire story. Cause they don't just do the prisons. They actually also feed the homeless. Oh, you wow. know, and you, when you think yeah. about it, even homeless people, something happened to them that caused mm-hmm. them to end up homeless. And yep. I thankful, I don't truly understand, but I think people need to realize there's nothing wrong with maybe trying to take the time to at least understand to help them. Yeah, and, and get out it. of our comfort zone. Stop being so scared of something we don't understand. And when there's things you don't understand, go after it and learn about it. That is what yeah. we are missing that. And that's what's tearing us apart as a human race right now. If you think about it is with all the crap that's going on in the world, we're starting to get conditioned that we're not even allowed to listen to one another. And that is scary when you think about it in, in the yeah. age of communication we're listening to each other less. And when you really think about that, that is scary. It's very scary. Yeah. We have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and asking questions where we don't always know the answer and we might, you know, get a little sweaty armpits when we hear the answer. Um, but that's how we start to relate again, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't want to cry either. So (laughs) there's, there's a lot, but I, I absolutely do. I love it. I love hearing you talk about it, Matt. And just the amount of change that it can bring is huge. And just the amount that those men can just kind of like, kind of bring their lives back around. Yeah. We got to break the cycle. Yep. Incarceration isn't breaking the cycle. And when you really think about it, and I'm a business person, I love business and a lot of good comes from business, but jail is business. And it's, 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 they love repeat customers. When you really think about it, it's not complicated. They love repeat customers. That's what they're doing. It's wrong. Yeah. And all these guys and girls. Okay. And I even got to work with the female prisoners, which I I love so much. They just, that's why I love the name unconditional freedom. They just needed to be shown some love. And, and make that unconditional. And, and these inmates would talk about this a lot. Like no one's ever just loved us yeah, in, in a good way. Not like, okay, let me give you a hug. No, sometimes tough love is the best love. And, and they, there was some, there's a lot of tough love that week. I'll tell you that, but you can see how important it was for them. And that they said, you know, these are guys that have been in and out of jail multiple times. And it's like, they've never had a, ever an experience like this moment. And again, and I asked him, I said, is this really worth it? Are you guys just out here because you want to get outside and you're just on your best behavior? You know, you're not going to fool me. I'm a salesman. Okay, come on now. And for them to show weakness in a place like that, that that proved to me uh, it was working. And I hope um, it continues to grow because we got to change it. And from the environmental part of it, let's think about this. And going back to my exterminator days, I did a lot of federal prisons, county jails, whatever. you have so much land around these complexes not being used. Mm-hmm. Why not garden them? Why not do something with that land instead of just mowing it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's just, there's so much more there's to so uh, much think. there. Um, yeah. We're moving biodynamic on our property. And um, I actually interviewed a biodynamic uh, person a few weeks ago. And yeah, you're right. There's so much that can happen there. Um, oh my gosh. So, so much. Um, all right. We've been chatting and chatting and chatting. I am watching the clock because I don't want this to turn into a two-hour podcast because I know we drop listeners at that point. Um, We can loop back. You mentioned autoimmune. Do you want to loop back to that? And then I kind of have one more question. Um, Well, I tell you what. You know, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune uh, vitiligo. Okay. Back in 2017. And you can still see it on my face. And it bothered me. Mm-hmm. Oh, guys, just be tough. We're not supposed to care what we look like. But it was scary when it showed up on my face and I realized yeah. why it did because I needed to realize the stress. And, and you mentioned something traumatic happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate to that. And I never connected those two dots together. Yeah. I didn't know. I knew it was stress yeah. um, that created it. 
And it was like my body needed to show me looking in the mirror, Matt, you need to calm down. You need to relax. This is going to kill you. Stress is so awful for the body. So I'm thankful it finally showed up. And what was even crazy is when I would get really stressed or I'd get my pains, it would be right through here, Mm. you know? Um, And that's right where my pigment disappeared. And I finally said, you know what? This isn't worth it. If you don't have your health at the end of the day, this just is not worth it. And when I finally flipped that switch in my mind, it went away. And even the doctor said it won't go away. It's going to continue to get worse. It'll never get better. Well, it actually started to get better and it's still getting better. And I just thought that was interesting that you mentioned a traumatic experience. Yeah sparking the autoimmune. I just would love to, if we have time to yeah, hear I will, a little bit more I'll about into that. a little bit about that. So I have a degree, um, a certification in functional medicine as well, um, because I was speaking and doing all this gluten-free stuff and working with the gut health community, which we still do some coaching on the side. So when you look at the human body and you actually start to look at the systems of the body and they work together, so it's not just the thoracic system and the nervous system as individual. It's just like a biodynamic property or a farm. They all work together. And that means our nutrition, the bacteria on our body, in our gut, the water that we're consuming. Does it have chlorine? Does it have fluoride? Is it well water? Um, The nutrient density of the food that you're growing or the eggs that you're consuming. What is the omega from the different meats that you're eating? Because if you actually feed cattle corn and not other grass, the actual omega shifts so they have more omega-9 than omega-3s, and it's interesting to see that. Same thing kind of happens with chicken eggs, they're finding, is it it shifts the balance of the, the omegas inside the egg. And so all of that, along with our stress and our serotonin and like our hormones and our chemicals and our sleep, all are related into our systems. And what happens when you have a traumatic experience, little trauma, big trauma, doesn't really matter, big trauma is worse. It will turn on genes, like dormant genes in your body, which could trigger type 2 diabetes. It could trigger an autoimmune that you had no idea that you were carrying those genes. Um, In my instance, it triggered the celiac disease and the endometriosis and irritable bowel and Crohn's. Um, And so I had a whole like disastrous high school career (laughs) from my gut. But um, it triggers it. And then what happens is the doctors say, oh, it's incurable. What they're finding in the functional medicine world is when you actually then start treating the full systems, like you said, you you get the vitamin D, you get outside, you do the stress reduction, you maybe clean up the diet a little bit more, you you think about mindset, maybe there's some breath work or something else that you're doing, or there's different music that you're listening to, right? Um, It can turn that gene dormant again. And so... There's a lot of different doctors that are doing research around this. I think one of the coolest ones is Dr. Dale Brennison is being able to reverse Alzheimer's um, wow. holistically. And so that's that's all over like Dr. Dale Brennison's research. But with um, my endometriosis, a lot, it was stage four. Stage five is cancerous. Um, I had eight abdominal surgeries, different laser procedures to, to remove it. Told I would never have children. I have three girls. Um Went through nine months of treatment, though, with a Pakistanian born and trained doctor that also is a U.S. military medic. And I think his combination of blending the Eastern Ayurvedic and all of that with the Western medicine is what hmm. actually worked for me. Um, but my endometriosis is completely dormant. And wow. it's, it's, it's what, you know, it's understanding what the trauma was getting the help, the therapy, whatever you need to work through that, um, and then continuing to just focus on what are all the different systems. And so through my training, Matt, they trained us to think about the body as a tree. And so as the tree has roots, that's all the different points that you pick up, whether it's media or it's sunlight or it's food or it's water. And then up above, your your leaves are what's affecting you. So like you said, it's the pain or it's the skin rash or it's something else happening. And then instead of treating the, the pain or the, the leaves, like if we have a plant, I have a one right now that has a yellow leaf sitting in my office. Instead of treating the yellow leaf, I need to treat the roots. I need to get it the right fertilizer, get it probably some less water because it's yellow. Um, and it's the same thing with the human body. It makes perfect sense. You know, it's, it's interesting. If the body can turn it on, why can't it turn it off? Yeah. That's, that's an, an 
that makes so much sense. That is so much sense. We got to have a good understanding and be willing to realize, you know, and another thing I'm thankful for, and again, I know this is polarizing and I'm dealing with right now with my father because he was diagnosed with lung cancer. Mm. And I, I, again, I, I have a habit of questioning everything and I question what Western medicine, especially going back to my extermination days where I used to go into pharmaceutical plants. And before you can even do service, you got to sign paperwork says you do not talk about what you see in here. That was like, what, what? Um, So I just, I I question everything. And I'm thankful my girlfriend, Nan, who is Chinese. So she brings a lot of Eastern medicine to the table and me being a red blooded American. It's like, yeah, no, Uh, it saved my life. Uh, Just even going to a chiropractor. A lot of people are still like, oh, chiropractors, they're a scam. No. When I started to realize how important chiropractic care is because of our spine, and it's not just about relieving the pain, but it even helps our body to heal. You know, when you talk about how all our different functions have to work together and I was living proof. I felt like a 10 year old kid again. And I was, I ended up hardly could crawl into the chiropractor. So just an example. And I want people yeah. out there to hear that, you know, cause they might be dealing with this and it's like, we're forced, especially here in America to be like Western medicine, Western medicine. I know. You no, know, it's don't be scared to think that our bodies are a lot smarter than we think, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I love what we're doing with just getting back to basics, getting back outside, realizing we have, We've been killing ourselves slowly because we're not getting our food from the soil. We forget about the roots, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's really not that complicated. And that's why it's so important to, you know, for you to share what you're doing and that it can be done even when you are living right outside of Chicago. So that's one reason why like the chickens, a lot of people are like, why are you getting chickens? Well, honestly, I'm allergic to eggs, so I'm not getting them to eat. My kid, my family will eat eggs, but um, I'm getting the chickens because of what they can do for my soil. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited for that, like for them to have go you, eat the squash you, bugs and air raid and right. Oh yeah, they they they're yeah, they are. Like, it's great to put chickens on the payroll uh, on that little farm. Absolutely, I think that's something a lot of times people don't realize how yeah. therapeutic it is to watch them scratching and working. Um, you mentioned you're allergic to eggs. Have you ever heard of? And I've been looking for a guinea mm-hmm. pig. It's scary. <laughs> um, I was told that. Um, there is an, uh, a bird, quail, uh-huh. that lays Oh, yeah. I eat eggs. quail eggs. And I can eat duck eggs. So, so what is oh, amazing, and this is why my daughter's like, Mom, we need two ducks so you can have eggs again. And I was like, okay, we'll think about it because I go to the mar- the farmer's markets and I do buy duck eggs and I can make custards and stuff and I'm fine. So sorry to interrupt. What was the question? <laughs> well, you, you just answered it. Oh, yeah. um, I wanted proof. Because I tell people, you know, fun facts and trying to educate that Proteins for people that are allergic to chicken eggs, one, I want to find out why, because that seems strange to me, um, that it might be something that we have changed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, along the Probably. lines, or maybe there is something serious. Yeah, exactly. You know, My I dad don't know. believes it's because I'm allergic to corn and most of the chickens, factory chickens eat corn. And he's like, well, you have a corn allergy. So of course you're going to be allergic to the chickens because they're in the corn. And I'm like, I can't prove that. Right. Maybe but that makes true. sense. Peel back the know. layers yeah. of what's going on with this problem. And um, that just makes sense to me. Um, so what I was going to say yeah. is I wanted to see if I could find a guinea pig or some kind of proof to come onto our show and say, oh. yes, Matt, I am allergic to chicken eggs. And here might be why. I would love to really dive into oh, yeah. that as much as possible. But that I've been told uh, people are able to eat quail eggs. I never heard about duck eggs. I mean, I okay. love duck eggs, but I've always been told people that have chicken yeah. egg allergies are able to eat quail eggs. Yeah. And we can all eat duck eggs. because um, So I did 10 years traveling and speaking across the US 16 weekends a year talking about gut health and food allergies for kids. And everybody I came into contact with that had kids with anaphylactic chicken allergies, chicken egg allergies, um, everybody has been fine with duck eggs. Nobody is anaphylactic to duck eggs in in who I've interacted with, thousands of people um, who have chicken egg allergies. So, yeah. And what I find even more cool is that they can actually share a coop. So that's Yes. Helpful. Oh, yeah. We do them all the time. We do yeah. duck, chicken combo yeah. coops all the time. Turkey. I have one more combo. question for you. Yes. Fire away. Um, how do you cultivate guts every day in your life? How do I cultivate guts? How do I? So this is starting to make sense too. Why you call your show "Cultivating Guts" or your Instagram "Cultivating Guts"? Because it, it's it's an interesting name, and um, I don't know. 
I, I don't know. Um, I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> um, how do I cultivate guts? So guts could be real intestines. It could be your intuition. It yeah, if you could expand on that question. Your grit. I, yeah, because um, I am such a so blockhead, tactical minded. Yeah. How do I cultivate my guts? You Those mentioned are two words. a couple things that hit me though. I don't want to answer yeah, for you. That's please, what I please, because I'm having a I'm having a hard time. Um, you said getting out of the comfort zone, right? Is one way that you could be cultivating your gumption every day, reaching a little further, going after solutions when there is no solution. Um, that was one I see. I, I see. So it's a metaphor. It. See, I'm not very smart. A lot of people need to realize I'm not a very smart man, and I'm so blockheaded. I'll never forget my science teacher always teach me stop being such a blockhead. Um, so when you say cultivate, I'm literally picturing yeah. a plow, but in a way oh, yeah. disturbance is always good. Um, so yeah. how do you cultivate your guts? Yeah. You got to get out of your comfort zone. Listen to your gut too. I tell people all the time, especially the ones that come to me now that I'm thankful I get to mentor. And I tell yeah. them, you know, there's, there's three things they're going to tell you what you should do, your mind, your heart, and your gut. And I said, your gut will never lie to you. You know, we need to trust our gut. And we started learning and you mentioned it a lot too. Like, I know we can't go on and on, but I would love to learn more about it where I do believe there's something going on with the gut. Uh, and we just don't pay enough attention to it. And we need to, but yeah, getting out of your comfort zone and then doing something that you've always wanted to do, especially when you're naysayers, the people that do not want to see you happy because they're miserable okay. themselves, go out and do it. Period. Yep. No matter yeah, what, sure. go out and do it. And you will learn so much from it. Yeah, I love it. All right. Thank you so much. This has been so amazing. Uh, where well, can I... people find you online? Okay. Well, definitely carolinacoops.com. They can see our wonderful chicken coops. We have Carolina Coops on YouTube. I believe it's just called Carolina Coops. That's the YouTube channel. Of course, you got your Instagram and my new favorite, TikTok. You know, it's a love-hate <gasps> relationship. Uh, you got to keep up with the times. My my nine-year-old daughter does amazing on TikTok. I don't know how they do it, but, um, you know, uh, I think we're on Twitter. But, yeah, definitely carolinacoops.com. The website's okay. the best place to start. And I always want people to know every Friday, uh, sponsored, I guess you could say, by Carolina Coops, is we do the educational show, Video Chicken, where people can watch it live or they can listen to it after the fact. And where we have – I try to bring on experts. And we answer your questions, no matter what they are. I love it. All right. Cool. Thank you so, so much. I know it's Saturday, so um, this will air on July. I wrote it down. July 19th. Yeah. Make sure you let Ingrid know our marketing director, who is amazing at her job. Uh, she'll make sure it gets out there. And anything we can do for you, I want to give back what I've, I've been able to, uh, there's been a lot of people on social media, whether it's Instagram or YouTube, whatever it's, it's helped us grow our uh, social media presence. We want to be able to do the same. And also you being a customer, it means the world to me because that's you. what it's all about. I want people to pick us no matter what it is, whether it's a bale of hemp or a chicken coop pick, you're, you're picking us because you're trusting us. And I want you to know who you're supporting. And that's why, again, that's why I love the Mendocino County jail program. Thank you. Because at the end of the day, I didn't pay for it. Carolina Coops didn't pay for it. The customers yeah. paid for it. Yeah. And I hope that they really appreciate that. So I thank you so much for your business and giving me the chance to come on your show. And if you have any questions, putting your coop together, don't hesitate to give us a call. Uh, we have a great team here for build support. Uh, and then please keep doing a great job documenting it. Oh, absolutely. I love it. You know, the pictures. And so other people can see it. You know, yeah. I think it's so important, especially the people that are on the fence worried about, am I going to be able to put it together, you know, or just understanding the importance of why, if you're going to get into chickens, how important the chicken coop is. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was so fun. I had so much just, I love talking to Matt. Like I could have carried on a conversation for hours, to be honest. And so it was super, super fun to do. And we learned so much and I am so supportive of everything that Carolina Coops is doing from giving back to the community, to the Mendocino County Jail build, to like his three tips, right? Just amazing stuff. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share with me what your favorite part was and share with me when you think you might be now finally inspired to get some backyard chickens yourself. Uh, ask us any questions. You can uh, Instagram, you know, Carolina Coops if you've got questions for them or shoot me an Instagram message at GF Mom Certified. 
I'm here for you and excited to see all your benefits. Satnam, love you guys. So if you love this episode, remember to share it with your friends. Send it to anyone who may love this inspiration and information that we shared. And to get my newest book, The Ultimate Green Witch Gardening Planner, you can visit Amazon or our website, www.cultivatingguts.com, and pick up the book there. Remember, there are two gardening seasons. There's always two gardening seasons, and it's almost time to plant late July, plant for the fall harvest for the second gardening season. So pick up the planner, plan out your second six months of the year. And um, also they make great gifts if you're getting ready to do some holiday shopping. So all of those details are at www.cultivatingguts.com. And if you would love to see our brand new masterclass on gardening and get all the stuff you need to get growing and going to help your own gut with the food that you're growing, visit www.cultivatingguts.com.